Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast and Radio Show. Coming to you on this Monday night here with an Instagram Q&A episode where I answer your guys' questions from IG directly, uh, getting you the answers you guys wanted to know based off your requests. We've done this a handful of times before. Uh, it tends to work pretty well, so I'm going to read through, obviously, any show notes I jotted down from your guys' questions and then just kind of go uh, off the cuff with what you asked. And here and again, if there's anything I'm missing or you guys want to hear from me specifically on the podcast, you can always shoot me a message, send me a DM. I'm happy to record it either in episodes like this, or if there's enough content to be created, I'll make obviously an entire episode about it. So I'm going to dig in here really fast, get you guys what you need, and we'll get uh, rocking and rolling. So I'm in my home office right now uh, on a lav mic, so it might sound a little bit different. And if you hear a dog barking and going crazy, that's just uh, my beautiful nine-year-old girl, JC, uh, protecting me from probably the Amazon Prime delivery or UPS, depending on where you're at. So now if you guys are on YouTube watching, uh, welcome. We now have every podcast basically recorded over on our Jeremy Scott Fitness YouTube page, where I think we have about 800 videos total. So if you guys are looking for specific workouts, mobility, nutrition tips, training stuff, just Google Jeremy Scott Fitness YouTube, subscribe, and about 800 videos are there for you guys, all broken down into categories from podcasts, Q&A, um, a lot of detailed training stuff. There's at least probably 450 legit training videos over there where you guys can kind of dig in. And uh, all the stuff we do on Instagram, we're now also loading to YouTube as well. So it's a great place for you guys to connect with us and also answer and ask questions over there. So with that said, the first message I have here, um, and I've talked about this before on another podcast, and the question was, uh, have you ever fallen off track? This is from JRad, uh, or J underscore Rad 8. Have you ever fallen off track for a few months? I have felt burned out. I've been consistently working out and eating fairly well uh, for years and have really fallen off in the last six months and gained five to 10 pounds. Any suggestions looking to get back on track? You know, Jay, um, I say this all the time, it's it's peaks and valleys, and I believe that in life, and I for surely believe that in fitness. You can't, you know, every workout can't be your best workout. And people say that shit all the time, and it drives me nuts. Um, every meal can't be your best meal. There's going to be, you know, days and weeks, even months, or even probably a, a year where it might just not go as planned. Now, I'm not saying you're going to punt a whole year, but you're not going to be motivated every single day. You're not going to be inspired every single day. You're not going to want to train every single day. Work, kids, stress, traffic, life, 19 different things are going to kick you in the nuts and punch you in the face. And they're going to, it's going to create every excuse and roadblock for you not to train and not be motivated. And I think once in a while it's okay. I remember a good buddy of mine, Andrew Connor. Andrew's my boy at Reebok for a really long time. And hopefully you're listening, Andrew. You should listen to every episode of the podcast. But I remember a long time ago, Andrew had posted something when he's still at Reebok and he's working and he's kind of stressed. And I think he went to like to go do back squats or some kind of Olympic uh, cleans and lifts. And he said he got like one set in and he just said, fuck it, his body wasn't feeling it. And he went home and he crushed a pizza. And then he came back to it the next day. And that always kind of stuck with me when I saw that because I've had that same moment. Now, I, I literally would probably just push through the workout and not uh, eat the pizza. But there is days where I do feel like that, just like he did. And I think sometimes that mental break or that just you know, detracting from it, does your body and your mind a lot of good, if nothing else. Even if it doesn't do your body what you want it to do, mentally it gives you a break and a pause. And so I don't really lose motivation in terms of that. Now, is there days I don't want to train? For surely there is. There's days where, you guys, I work. Um, we run multiple businesses and, and little, you know, tributary entities that run off of Jeremy Scott Fitness. We have hundreds and hundreds of clients. 
obviously now with the writing and the podcast and we have a great team of people who help me do a lot but it's still really exhausting for me and I love it and I'm very blessed to do it uh, and I'll do it you know until you guys don't want to listen to me or work with me anymore but even with that said there might be a day where on a Tuesday my day gets away from me I might have two calls that run long three people's schedules we had to shift around and I'm trying to squeeze in and get some deadlines of projects and I might I might wake up at 3.50 in the morning and I might not be able to train until let's say 7.45 at night. Now that's not really ideal, especially when like on the menu is, oh, split squats, heavy ass deadlifts, and walking lunges, or like something that's really gonna be taxing for me, and then knowing I have to get up the next day and be back again at four o'clock in the morning, that's gonna be tough. And so there's days I have like that, just like you guys, and to me, doing something is better than doing nothing, but if you know if your body is beat down and mentally you're drained, what I would suggest to you is if you can't power through it, a, pick a workout that's brainless for you and mindless that you can just go through and do. And that's why a lot of times when I do stuff, I don't share a ton of it on IG, but you guys have seen some of it, where I'll do, you know, like a, an easy 30-minute workout I shared not that long ago was walking lunges, 10 straight minutes. Then I went to step-ups for 10 straight minutes. Then I went to riding the assault bike for 10 straight minutes. That's a 30-minute workout, three movements, very basic, very brainless, got a great sweat in, got a ton of volume in, got my heart rate up, I did what I needed to do. Now, is it as perfect as the program I had laid out? No, it's not, but I got something done. If you're not even feeling that, the next option I would say is do something you like in terms of sport and play. We forget that in life and in fitness, we oftentimes make exercise become a chore or a task or it has to be part of a program. And I think there's a place for that, but there's also a place for going to play soccer, going to play basketball, going to the bowling alley, heading to the batting cage, Doing something that's physically active but's fun for you, where you get lost in the sport and lost in the play and lost in the love of it. Go for a hike, go for a bike ride, whatever your thing is, do that shit on those days. Mentally, it's freeing. And when you can get lost in movement, when fitness is the outcome, as we say, not the goal of the activity, that's when the magic happens. That's when we truly become fit. And the third option I would say is do what my boy Andrew did punt and go eat a fucking pizza. Now, obviously, you can't do that for five or six days in a row. But sometimes we just need a mental break and give our mind a chance to relax and reset or going through mobility and foam rolling and just doing something active and then understanding at the end of the day, why are you trying to do this? Why are you trying to be as fit as you're trying to be? Why are you trying to be as strong as you're trying to be? Are you trying to become an Ironman? Are you competing in bodybuilding? Are you trying to make the CrossFit games? Are you trying to be the best player in your you know, beer league softball team? Are you trying to be the best guy at the, the lifetime YMCA pickup games? Or do you, do you want to just feel healthy, happy, and fit for yourself? And you have some arbitrary goals inside of that. So knowing what your why is and why you're doing this every day will at least help keep your mind motivated. And I like writing things down, jotting them down, tracking progress, and making it fun. Immersing yourself in a community and group of people goes a long way. Because there's no way in hell I'm going to do some of the workouts we're doing on Sunday by myself. Now, sometimes I would, but I'm a little bit crazy and I do this for a living. And, and sometimes I hate myself enough to, uh, you know, ride the assault bike for 600 calories. But more often than not, having a group in a community goes a long way. So what I would suggest is all the things I said, plus when you're looking to get back on track, even if you like doing your own stuff, Finding a community of people where you can go train, whether it be you know group Metcon stuff, some type of boot camp things, small group training, whatever it is, doing that two to three days a week, I think can be very refreshing, re-energizing, and can do a lot for you when you go back and train on your own. So hopefully that answered the question. Next one on the list, rehab tips for shoulders and wrists. Uh, Tommy Tabasco. Tommy, if you go onto our YouTube page, click on the mobility playlist and folder, 
you're gonna find a ton of stuff in there. If there's something that we didn't cover and you wanna see specific, just ask me. Um, I'm gonna do a series on tennis elbow and gol golfer's elbow because I had tennis elbow earlier this year. And even today, I can feel it a little bit, but it's about 95% healed compared to where it was. So I can, I can touch base with you there. Uh, the next one, hypertrophy training for size. You post a lot about conditioning, but not weights. Um, T Cavell on Instagram. Uh, this is true. Um, most of my training is a mix between strength and hypertrophy. I have a full podcast on how I train exactly. I typically take two strength days and two hypertrophy days, so I'm loading at least four days a week. And then the fifth day is kind of like a, a floating load day. I have one lighter day, and then I do our miserable, miserable Metcon on Sundays with our people. So um, I don't post a ton of the, the really heavy stuff I do on Instagram because a, it doesn't convert very well for business, and it's super fucking boring to watch me split squat 100-pound dumbbells. Um, for five to 10 reps. I know you guys aren't really interested in that or me grabbing you know, 100 pound dumbbells and doing flat bench press, incline bench press, decline bench press, and then maybe dropping it to 60s and doing some dumbbell flies. Like it's, it, it's, not, it's not rocket science. It's the most basic things in the world. We try to give you guys some fun, sexier ideas. And in all of our inner circle coaching programs and stuff we do, you guys have access to real programs. So I do train with weights quite a bit, um, but I think you guys have to master the body weight stuff and there's a lot to be said about doing bodyweight volume training where a lot of guys suck at that, yet they can pick up some heavy-ish weights and do it with relatively decent form. But I have even friends of mine who can squat 300 pounds, but they can't do walking lunges for five minutes. So you tell me like what's really the version of fit. So Next one on the list, what does overtraining feel and look like? Uh, Mecca underscore Graham. Uh, honestly, it's different for everybody. In my opinion is this, I don't think most people overtrain. I really don't. I 95% of you guys out there listening, you do not overtrain. Um, you might undersleep, you might undereat, you might not do the other things right, but I don't think you're overtraining. Um, the human body is pretty fucking resilient and amazing if you if you treat it right and do the right things. Um, what does overtraining look like for me? Have I done it in the past? For sure. Um, I've got my blood work drawn before where my white blood cell count is actually uh, lower. And I can start to you know, make myself almost sick because I'm pushing the pace and limits. I remember when I went in and one time they're like, oh, your white blood cell count is low. You know, do you, have you feeling? I'm like, I feel fine. Like, what have you been doing? I'm like, well, I've been doing all the rowing. They're like, nah, well, rowing really wouldn't do it. I'm like, no, I don't really think you guys get it. I'm like talking like rowing, like PR rowing for a big ass dude like me, plus all my heavy loading and lifting when we're kind of in this uh, concept two challenge. That's a small version of it. And honestly, this is the reality. Uh, when you go to men's health and you film like the full the full-on production. It's not some of the shorter stuff, like a full-on production. Um, you're doing, whether you guys know this or not, when you watch these uh, streaming programs, it's like, you know, Meta Shred Extreme or something, which we did. You, you're like, hey, it's day one, it's day two, it's day three, it's day four. For us, we're doing three or four workouts every single day, and they're full-on workouts. You can't really fake it on camera. I mean, you can only, you know, pull back so much. You're working almost at full capacity because it has to look good and it has to be real. And once you're in it, your heart rate's up. You really don't know any difference. So what overtraining looks like for that is doing three to four 45-minute Metcons a day, every single day for an entire week. And to the point of where you're running yourself sick and ragged. I remember I would go to like Wegmans after we'd film this whole production. So we do four workouts in the day, right? And my body is beat to shit. In between each video, I'm not talking to BJ, Hannah, Alexia. I'm over in the fucking corner with my legs straight up in the air trying to get the blood to just not pool in them so I can actually do more fucking split squats with BJ and BJ programmed. 
but we'd go to Wegmans afterwards and I'd eat like 10 of these huge cookies, like these enormous cookies. I'd wake up the next day, the most shredded, I, I mean, not the most shredded I've ever been, but you know, the most shredded for like normal life. And I was just getting leaner and leaner and leaner every single day. But I would start to, and not from the eating, I would start to feel like really run down. Even like I would sleep like like a brick, but I'd wake up and I'd still be exhausted. You start to, you're dehydrated. You start to have like almost like diarrhea. And I remember shortly after I got in a flight about a week later to Barcelona and I was basically sick on the entire trip because my body was so beat, broken and run down. So overtraining looks something like that where you, literally your your adrenals are shot. Your central nervous system is like, what the fuck's going on? You're probably not going to the bathroom correctly. You're sleeping. And no matter how much you sleep, you're still waking up tired and exhausted. Your body hurts to the point of, you're questioning on how you can even do it, um, but we have 10 cameras rolling and they paid us the money already, so fuck it, we're there. So for you guys, it would probably look like some of those kind of symptoms, but for most of you, I don't think overtraining is gonna happen. What happens usually when you guys do feel those symptoms, you have to look at the other factors of your life, and I think that's the biggest thing is, you're probably not training for more than an hour per day, um, and if you guys are feeling run down from training less than an hour per day, I would look at how you're sleeping, your drinking habits, smoking habits, eating habits, the stress from your job, the stress from commuting, the stress from your spouse, your kids, finances, economics, whatever it may be, those are the things that play into a factor um, and deter you guys and make you feel the way that you should. And I think under eating and under sleeping um, and not having smart programming is the way you could overtrain, but I, I think very few people do uh, in all reality. Next one. I've lost nine kilograms in six months. Now I have good shape. Should I do a workout every single day and creatine? Um, Programming-wise, I can't really help you. Um, should you do creatine? It's up to you guys. I take creatine, uh, five grams per day. Uh, I think it's healthy. I think it can help you. There's a, a million benefits to it. We can talk on another podcast completely. Um, five grams a day is not a crazy amount. It does have to build up in your system. You guys are already eating creatine when you do eat meat. Not enough to make a difference, I don't think, unless you're eating a shit ton of meat every day. But I am a fan of creatine in terms of probably a performance supplement. That's probably the um, the only one I really do take, other than like BCAAs and, uh, and caffeine. I would say I run off coffee. So there's that. Next one, Jake Fagan. Um, how to raise testosterone naturally. Uh, Jake, you know, eat really well. Healthy fats are amazing. Getting enough quality protein. Getting amazing sleep is going to be key, not stressing, and squatting and deadlifting and just lifting uh, heavy shit over time and giving your body enough chance to rest, I think is probably the, the best way to raise your testosterone naturally. If you can go back to being 17 years old, that's probably ideal too, uh, but for the most part, that's probably where you're at. Next one, carb cycling, pluses and minuses. Um, carb cycling, you know, it works. We've prescribed it for different programs before for different things. Um, it's actually in our best-selling cookbook. We kind of do a three-day split. We give you guys an example. Does carb cycling work? For sure. All the, all the protocols work. You guys heard me say this before. Um, I don't think most people should do it just for the fact that it's more to manage. I think if you guys just get into a macro range that's healthy for you, that's probably the best way to go. If you wanted to carb cycle based off personality type or based off your working output for the day, that's probably the easiest option. So I do think carb cycling does have benefits. We've talked about it in, uh, in a different podcast completely in detail if you wanna to listen to that. So just scroll through the list and uh, give it a listen. Next one, over 50 and keeping fit. Um, I'm not over 50, but the same thing I would tell anybody to be over 20. Just really be mindful of what you eat every single day. If you've never tracked macros, obviously start there. Eat real foods that nourish your body. Lean proteins, green vegetables, healthy fats. 
Limit the booze and the drinking. Try not to stress out about stupid shit in your life. Uh, do mobility every single day. Pick up some heavy shit a couple times a week. Throw in some aerobic work and have fun with your fitness. I think that works for anybody over 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, or 100 years old. Um, I don't think that will ever change. Next one. Popular supplements, whether they're good, bad, or worthwhile, etc. I list a bunch of things here. Um, if you guys, we have a free supplement guide that we send out to you guys. It's an opt-in. Um, I'm happy to give you guys access to it. So if you message me and say, hey, Jeremy, I want the free supplement guide. I've never seen it. I'll give it to you. Um, it's not real earth-shattering. Uh, greens, obviously athletic greens I'm a huge fan of. I take athletic greens every single day. Um, outside of that, for you guys, if you, if you can't eat enough protein, you can supplement with the protein. Uh, fish oil or krill oil I think is ideal. If you don't take athletic greens and you're against it for some reason, we have a multivitamin we would prescribe you guys. If you're deficient in like something like a D3, sure, go ahead. Um, but short of that, we don't take a lot of crazy stuff. If you're looking for sleep recovery, I'm a fan of uh, the Beam CBD, which we can get you guys a discount on as well. Those are probably the big ones, and obviously creatine, BCAAs, and caffeine are probably the things I go to the most. Uh, uh, he wrote MCT here. MCT oil is fine. I think if you can eat most of the nutrients, it's fine. And then taking a supplement to supplement what you're currently doing in terms of food to bridge the gap is probably the best bet and option. I think a lot of the supplement industry, guys, is a billion-dollar industry. And uh, a lot of the stuff that they're selling you is, is a bunch of horse shit. Um, they're making ridiculous, insane claims that they're going to get you nowhere near the results that they're saying, and they have to do that. And they're going to hire somebody like myself to be on the cover of it, and they're going to push the products. And uh, I keep it real with you guys. Even when I've, I've worked with supplement companies, you guys, for the better part of a decade here, and uh, I've, I've never said take some shit that I wouldn't take myself. It's just my belief. I've tried everything from, you know, the beta alanines to a handful of pre-workouts. I, you know, I did all the same stuff you guys probably did as, as high school and college kids. But uh, a lot of times you can you can get most of it through real food. And then I the health supplements are the ones I believe in the most. And uh, I'll talk on what I take here later on in a second in the podcast. But uh, those will be the big ones I mentioned earlier. Next one, fasted weight training. Um, for sure. I, I train fasted 99% of the time. I don't have a problem with it. Um, sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes it's from sleeping habits. Sometimes it's because I've already worked for 10 hours in the day and then I trained. But I have no problem with fasted training. Is it necessary? No. Do you have to do it? No. Is there any crazy benefits to it? For a lot of people, no, I don't think so. I personally feel better that way. If I eat before I train, I tend to get... Um, indigestion, I tend to feel kind of lethargic, run down, and I typically make myself sick to my stomach because of how hard I train. And I find when I train on nothing, I just do better. And then I typically replenish my body once I'm done. And so the first time I typically eat is post-workout. That works best for me, but I'm a fan of fasted training, but I'm also a fan if you need to eat before training as well. Next one, how not to feel jealous when you're around more successful athletes. This is a great question. I think this is in life in general. You know, success is a relative term, so I don't know what you guys mean by that. I don't define success the same way a lot of people do in America, um, just because I have my own belief, my own version of it. I think sometimes people see people living in a fancy house, driving a fancy car, and think they're more successful than they are because their car is more expensive and their house is more expensive. Now, I can go into the million factors of the car might be leased, they might be in debt at their ass with a mortgage payment, but let's just say they own it outright and you don't. Just because somebody has stuff or things or maybe things that you think you want doesn't mean they're more successful than you. They've just done better in one area or arena. So when you say more successful athletes, if somebody is bigger than you, more muscular, they have better body parts than you. Uh, maybe they're leaner than you overall. Maybe they're stronger than you overall. Maybe they, you're a CrossFitter and they qualify for the games and you don't. It just is what it is sometimes. Like sometimes 
they put in more work than you and that's just part of it and you can work to make up the gap if it's truly important to you but don't do it because you're chasing them do it because it matters to you do it because you're doing it for yourself you can't live your life like i can't just sit and look at like videos of arnold back in the day and be like well fuck dude i wish i was six foot two and 240 well i am six foot two but i'm now 240 and i've been 238 before and arnold was 240 and i can show you the photos we don't look the fucking same he just had a different gift and there's there's drugs and things involved and he trained at a different level and genetics and he's just a freak and he's his own animal and that's why he's arnold and i can't compare myself to that shit I can't compare myself to like, I played basketball, you guys, my whole life. I'm not Russell Westbrook. I don't got a motor like that. Like, he's just better. At, I mean, it's just, sometimes it just is, and you have to be okay with it. You just have to be, be worried about being the best version of you and who you are and what you can do with your genetic gifts and your talents and the things that you have. Because you might not have three or four body parts like they do, but you probably have two or three that they don't have. So everything that we don't have, we're always giving something else. I can promise you that. And then sometimes there's people who are just freaks, man. It just is. There's, there's friends of mine, you guys, who just, they, they don't eat as well as me. They don't, they don't train like I do. They don't have the technical knowledge I do. They haven't given their life to this. And they look just as good as I do. And it's fucking, it blows your mind. But it's like, sometimes it just is. You just tip your cap to them and say, hey, man, that was your gift. And you got it. And I just have to be happy with what I have and what I'm working towards. And so I don't play the comparison game. I, I learned early on in life, you guys, it's a game that you can't win. It does nobody any good. Either you feel good about yourself because you put them down or you feel like shit because you put them on a pedestal. So you have to stop that. Sometimes people are going to be better. When we train on Sundays, um, I don't win every workout. I don't win every single segment. This last Sunday I went through, we did like a bike and ski. I crushed it. Next one, um, Albon beat me. He's one of our athletes. And then the wall ball run, Jeff beat me. It's like I won one of the three. And I'm a fitness professional. But like sometimes these guys just have, they're better at certain things than I am. Or that one event, they were just better that day. Like, there's people who come to our place who run marathons. Like, they're going to fucking beat me. I'm not better at that. But there's something that I'm good at that maybe they're not as good at. And so always take solace in the things that you're amazing at and work hard to make yourself the best you can and let where you rank fall where it ranks. If somebody else motivates you to be better, that's fine. But don't be jealous. Don't compare. It poisons you and it's just not a healthy practice for fitness and anything in life. Next one. Where is my next question? This guy was asking about the moon landing. I don't know, bro. Maybe it's real. Maybe it's not. I have, I have no clue with the moon landing. Get What the fuck are we talking about? Uh, you guys are crazy with the questions. Next one. A uh, video about um, some meal preparations. It's that uh, meal prep. To be honest with you, uh, I don't do meal prep. Uh, I think it's great. Our girl Trish, uh, Jeremy's got finished. She does it. She posted the most badass meals, like what I used to do probably 10 years ago. And not that I'm lazy now, but I only eat twice a day. And I dictate my schedule. Before, I used to have to be a slave to everybody else and what they wanted to do. And now it's like, I work with people when I want to work with people. I don't when I don't. And um, I, I make it work for me. So I come home and I cook my meals and I eat them right then. But I do think meal prep is great uh, for you guys. And I think if you're going to do it, probably like a Sunday or Wednesday works good for most people. Um, but obviously, you know, you do what works best for you. To have some savor foods, I think it's great. So we do these little egg muffins. The video's on our YouTube page. Spray the muffin uh, pan with uh, like Pam or some kind of nonstick spray. Um, crack the egg, throw it in there with a little bit of, you know, diced onions and maybe some uh, ham or chicken sausage. You can even wrap the, the edge of it with bacon, which is really amazing. And uh, bake those bad boys up, stick them in the fridge, and boom, you have something when you're starving when you get home to save you from, you know, shoving you know, Teddy grams or like, you know, fruit by the foot in your mouth or something. Uh, so I think meal prep is important for a lot of you guys. I personally don't do it, but I do dictate my own day and I don't have to, 
I don't have to travel for work or go anywhere if I don't want to. So that's kind of the benefit of, uh, of being me at this point. Next one, apple cider vinegar pills. Never tried them. Um, I'm sure they work all the same as the liquid. I do think the liquid is probably better. I think if you're drinking the liquid straight up, you are way more badass than me because that shit tastes like hot garbage. I'd rather take four shots of Jägermeister in a row before I take one shot of apple cider vinegar. That's just my opinion. If you're going to do apple cider vinegar, you guys, we do a video on it. Some of the benefits they list, some of them are kind of old wives' tales. I don't think it can hurt you drinking it. If nothing else, you're taking more fluid. I do think there is some benefits to it. Um, which I've touched on before in a podcast and a YouTube video. In my fridge right now, we have the pre-mades. I think like the ones that they mix up for you with like the grape flavor is great, apple cinnamon is great, the limeade is grape, and I think the ginger spice one is probably cool too. Uh, apple cinnamon is probably my favorite and the grape one. Those ones do actually taste good. I like how they taste, so I am more apt to drink those. But straight up apple cider vinegar, man, that's like that's like you know buckling up at the bar for some shots of Goldschlager. It's not uh, not the not the funnest night in the world. Next one, um, dealing with poor body image and or remaining patient while working hard to transform yours. Um, same question uh, as before the comparison stuff. You know you can't be your own worst enemy. You really can't. And I've told this before. I have a full podcast on body dysmorphia. How I used to think I, you know, was you know way worse than I really was in reality. And uh, I know if I do it, you guys have done it too. And you can't be so hard on yourself, man. We're all, we're all flawed. We're all fucked up. We're all you know kind of weird and strange. And we all have asymmetries and weird things with our body and you know how things grow and how even they are and how lopsided we are. And we're all really fucked up. We just are. Like I say this all the time. Like very few of us are gonna look as cool as Matthew McConaughey in those fucking Lincoln commercials. Like he just looks so cool. And most of us are not that. Most of us look like dorks and nerds and we're weird and that's normal life. And even Matthew McConaughey, when he's not on camera, looks like a train wreck too. Like, that's just us as humans. Like, we're all fucked up. And I think you guys are all beautifully, perfectly fucked up the way that you are. And uh, you have to accept it. Now, if you have things in your body you don't like, like, you can work to change them for sure. But you can't be discouraged by it. It's just part of the game, man. Like, and again, I can promise you, like, it's way worse in your head than it is for anybody else. And I know who's asking this question because um, I know them personally. I won't say the name on the podcast, but like you're beautiful. Like you're amazing. Like I think you're in great shape. I would never think anything's wrong with how your body looks and what it is. And uh, I think it's a, it's a gift that you have it and just be you know grateful for it. And you work super hard and you're going to keep working hard and you're going to keep changing it. It's only going to get better. And that's what I'd say to you guys. If you're not happy with where you are today, which is fine. I was once there too. And just keep working hard and, and just know that today then will be the worst it's ever going to be. Now, you're the youngest you're ever going to be. For sure, you're going to get wrinklier and things will happen and that's life. But you're going to be fitter tomorrow than you were today. You're going to be fitter next week than you were today. And that's the game. Just understanding it's a lifelong journey and progression. It's ebbs and flows. There might be a time where I look back and be like, man, dude, when you were in the cover of that magazine, that was like, that was your prime. But I have to be happy with this version today of me. And I'm going to hold on to this forever. The conditioning I can always own. I might get smaller because I get old and my hormones kind of go down and my hair will fall out and whatever, but I have to just be happy with what I have now. And I'm going to keep working to be stronger and work on the things to improve I don't like. But again, I can't be my own worst critic, my own worst enemy. And again, I'll say this one more time. You guys are making the problems worse in your head than they really are in real life. I promise you that. Most of you guys are amazing people. You're beautiful. You're fucking rock stars. You have talents. You have gifts. Physically, I mean to. And you're looking at your stomach or your butt or your legs or your arm or a scar or a line or something. I don't notice that on you. Your friends probably don't notice that on you. 
Random strangers sure as fuck don't notice about you. Nobody is thinking about us and caring about us that much. I rarely notice anything on our people. If somebody changes their hair color from like brown to blue, yeah, I probably noticed that. But we have people who are like, Jeremy, I lost 35 pounds. I'm like, holy shit. Eventually I'll notice, right? But I don't notice the first five or six, the, the first 10 that go. Like, we are just not that focused on your small insecurities as you guys are. So if you can start working that to let it go, stop staring at it in the mirror, stop pinching it, grabbing it, focusing on it, and looking at it every morning and every night when you wake up and get out of the shower, I promise you, um, you'll be better off for it over time. Next one, how did you get started opening your own gym and how much did it cost you? Well, Tyler Gullen, I have a podcast uh, talking about how to you know kind of run a fitness business and operating and doing all those things. Long story short, Tyler, I ate shit um, in a facility for about eight years. Um, and what I mean by that is I worked really hard, did the best I could for people, saved a lot of money, lived a life way less fancy than I could have lived the amount of money I was making, saved a lot of money, and then bought a building and moved my gym over there because I was at a crossroads of where I was I came in. I could do this just on the internet and make plenty of money and live a great life, but for my personality and my life and my legacy, I think it's important that I still have a facility to train um, and help people, and I know we can have an impact there, and it can provide a life for other coaches too and the people who are there. So how I got started was this. I, ha- I worked one corporate job ever in America. I was an academic advisor. Long story short, I got connected with a couple of guys in fitness who are doing some pretty amazing stuff, which I'm still friends with today, and an opportunity came up to where a guy I grew up with had a facility where he was doing some sports training. And obviously I have a sports background. And so we came in and we worked out an agreement. And uh, I basically ended up taking over that space and training there. And I started my business. I quit my corporate job and I walked out the door shortly after Thanksgiving time. And I started a business with no clients and no money and no resources and no equipment and no clue what the fuck I was doing. Um, so I would not suggest you doing that. Now this is about a decade ago. So this was before Instagram exists even. Um, you know, there's Facebook, but there's not really Facebook business pages. And I remember when I started one, everybody thought I was a dumbass. And they're like, oh, I remember, and I love my dad. And he always believed in me and he'll never, you know, even when he probably thought I was an idiot and crazy, he kind of told me that, but not really straight up. He would tell my sister who would tell me, which is even worse. Um, I knew he always knew I would do it. He's just like, my dad would play it safe. And he comes from, he's old, you know, he's 60 years old. He comes from that school of, you know, you work this job, it's safe, it's whatever. And I just figured, fuck it, man. You know, if it doesn't work out now, I can always go back and work at Enterprise, which I always use as the example. But I left and I had no clients, no money, no anything. And the first month I was in business um, total, I made 342 bucks. And that's not net, you guys, that's gross. So for 30 days, Jeremy Scott Fitness, as you know it, made $342. The first guy I ever had come in um, organically without my wife or somebody um, <laughs> bringing them in, his name was Dan Stamo, computer repairman. He bought a homerun.com for $19. Of that, I got $8.50 of that. And he was my only guy at 6 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I trained him for 30 days, and I know he had no chance to afford a membership once it was done. So that was my first about 30 days in business. My first real person on a membership contract, I believe, was Jereen Carlson. And Jereen, I love you. Uh, she still comes in um, a lot of Saturdays. She actually trains with a buddy of mine because that's where she works. Um, and she's the first one to train. I used to train them in a 400-square-foot space with my wife, uh, Monica Ackerman, 
uh, Kelsey Gulch, Revan Patton, and Jareen. And then this other girl, Kathleen Johnson, I met at a bridal show. And those are my first uh, people. And those other girls I named all worked with my wife at Marriott. So basically, Kathleen and Jareen were our first two real people um, who were on a membership and paid. And it was really rough at first. I would work a Saturday, and it would make like 30 bucks for like a drop-in group. And it was super jacked about it because at the time, 30 bucks was a lot of money to me. And so to answer your question, Tyler, not go on down memory lane, that's how I kind of got started. Even before that, I would train people in a park um, at 6 o'clock in the morning, um, and I would also train them late at night. When I worked my corporate job, I spent half my time building my website and studying fitness and what I was trying to do, and I would actually train people in the morning at a park before work at about 5 o'clock in the morning, train them, go home, shower, and then drive to my corporate job and do the same thing at night. I went out and sent letters, because this is, again, over a decade ago, send handwritten letters to all the local boutique gyms in the area. And these two guys, uh, Tony Rice and Dan Siegel, gave me a chance to train inside their facility for a, for a percentage of every person I trained. So I had one or two clients before that, um, and I would train them on and off when I had them. But when I actually walked out the doors of my corporate job, I had zero active people uh, paying me. And over the course of seven or eight years of eating shit in a facility, investing in my website and my business and, and making the connections I have with all the amazing people in fitness I've been blessed to work with and the, the Reeboks and the men's health and the vitamin shops and all these awesome things. I just I really feel fortunate. Um, to answer your question, to open the gym that I have today, it's going to cost you about $100,000 is what I would probably be a conservative number for you to throw out there for. If you're not trying to actually buy the building that you're in, um, you could probably get away with doing something like I have for the for around 60k. I think it's probably realistic. By the time you do um, first last month's um, insurance, you know you do your build out, flooring, equipment, everything. We have really nice shit and nice stuff, and I take pride in it. And um, I didn't get too fancy too soon. Anybody who knows me, and I love you guys who train with me for a long time in our old warehouse. I really appreciate you because man, it was. Um, it was less than ideal, and I wanted to always give you guys something better and something more, and I'm happy I'm able to do that now, and I feel really blessed. But yeah, Tyler, to answer your question, it's not cheap uh, to start a gym and a facility and do training, and it's a commitment, and it's your life, and I'll say that. It's um, it's something that will stay with you forever. If you're going to be the man, you're going to be the number one person, you're going to get you know all the, all the fame and all the glory, if that's what you want to call it, and all the accolades, and people will appreciate you. Um, but you're going to also eat all the shit too. And there's a lot of stress and a lot of pressure that goes with that. And I don't think a lot of people are cut out for it. I'm not, I'm not saying that like I'm special for any reasons, but there's a certain amount of weight that you have to take when you're just the owner and you're not the technician or the manager anymore. And you just can't have fun and just show up. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with it. So what I would suggest to you guys, if you're thinking about it, work, work with somebody else for, for probably, you know, three to five years and really see if it's for you and see what kind of work-life balance you want to have and see if you want to have a, a family and if you want to travel and if you want to do different things. And I'm not saying you can't do that, but everybody I know who is really in this life and in this business and owns it, um, it becomes a part of who you are and what you do. And the really successful ones, that's what I've seen. Now, you can step away and do certain stuff, and there's certain things that I'm probably never going to let go of and maybe to my detriment, but I always want to be connected to the people because I do love fitness and I do love training and I do love the magic and I can see what it can do. Um, it's just to make it profitable, especially where you're at, you need to help a lot of people and you need to you need to help them for a really long time and you have to never take your foot off the gas. And that's probably the most exhausting thing about running business 
is that it's the constant marketing and the constant selling of it. And if someone just gave me, you know, all our people today and said, hey, here's who you have, they'll never leave, you can keep them. Sure, I want more, but I could take that. The reality is, is they're gonna move away, things are gonna change in their life, they're gonna lose a job, things are gonna shift, and they might not always be with us. And so you're constantly always on the offensive. And if you're gonna run your own business, you have to learn so much shit that has nothing to do with sports, with fitness, with functional movement, with training, with nutrition. I can't tell you how much money I have spent and invested in the people I've surrounded myself with that are quote-unquote fitness people, but they're really not. They're business people. They're marketers. They're people who understand human behavior and how they buy and how they do things. And that's helped me become a better coach, but it's also helped me run a profitable business as well. And there's a lot to be learned there. I had no business walking out of my corporate job doing what I did. I feel very lucky that a fact that I'm just willing to work 100 hours a week every single week for a decade to make it happen, where a lot of you guys aren't willing to do that. And that's not me saying I'm better than you. I'm just stubborn as fuck. And I come from a place where I had nothing and no money and no resources. And I was never going to have anything unless I worked for it. And that's what I had to do. And so I see very few people I meet should should be running their own business. They'd be better off being a number two or a number three somewhere. And I think that's a question you have to ask yourself. If if Lifetime, and I, I think Lifetime's a great company. They're fine. I'm not bagging them. But if Lifetime called me today or Equinox or whoever it is and said, hey, Jeremy, we'll offer you a position today. We'll pay you $750,000 a year. You can work Monday through Friday, just nine to five. What do you say? I'd say no thanks. I'd rather make $31,000 a year working for myself 90 hours a week because that's who I am and that's what I do because I created something and it's important to me and I can have some autonomy and some control with it. And I'm willing to take the losses and I'm willing to take the stress and eat it because I'm used to it at this point. Um, For a lot of you guys, if your goal is to make money um, and have work-life balance and do a lot of different things in your life, I think you'd be better off working with somebody else making the money because you guys can make a lot of money in fitness. You don't necessarily have to own your own uh, business and your own facility to do it. There's a lot of people who are doing, a lot of friends of mine who are doing really fucking good who are number twos and threes uh, at, at bigger facilities or even small boutique facilities. They're in the number two guy. They get none of the stress uh, and they get most of the glory and they get a lot of the fucking money. And I think for a lot of you guys, that's probably the answer. So hopefully that helps answer your question. Uh, next one. Sorry to ramble on about that, you guys. It's, it's, uh, it's something that's it's deep rooted in me and I want to help you guys. If you are thinking about being an entrepreneur, um, I think it's great. I think it's awesome, but it's also exhausting it's also tiring, it's also frightening at times and scary at times, and it can it can beat you down and it can change you. And if you're not the personality for it, I think you guys are gonna find that out really quick. And the, the space is competitive in every industry now, but you have more opportunity to touch people, but it's also very competitive. And where we live, you know, the, the money it costs to, to rent spaces is only going up. Um, the money to buy stuff in real estate is only going up. It's only becoming more competitive, and it's you have to be really good at your craft. And you have to really be on it. You have to really care about it in order to make it happen. And if, if you're a small business, and you're gonna be successful. You gotta really fucking love the dirt, man. You gotta really love eating shit. Um, but if you do, and you put in the work, and you care about people, and you want to be great at your craft and be the best you possibly can be, if you work hard, um, you can make it happen. You can make it work. Now you're never gonna get paid what your time is worth. I promise you that. I say it all the time. If I was in the finance industry working this hard, I would have way more money. If I wasn't basically any other industry other than this, I would have way more money. But uh, this is what I love and this is what I do. And so it works for me. Next one, training clients uh, or coaching philosophy. Sorry, general approach versus my approach. You know, that's a tough one to answer. General coaching philosophy, you know, for me, um, 
I'm going to make this really simple. What the general public tries to do, I'm not really sure. I don't look at everybody else's training stuff. And honestly, you guys, I don't look at most things on social media or the internet. I don't really care. Um, I'm so busy with my own stuff. I just try to do what I do. Now, my friends who reach out and ask questions, I'll I'll work with them. But I don't watch what other gyms in, in my area do. I don't watch what other coaches do or what they do on their sites. I don't give a shit. I'm just trying to help people the best way that I can. And when we do things, we try to do everything at scale. So my coaching approach is... I want people to get out of the training whatever they want to get out of it. If they want to come get leaner, I want them to be leaner. If they want to come get stronger, I want them to get stronger. If they want to come talk to their friends and have fun, I want them to come talk to their friends and have fun. Even if they ignore me and they do three of the exercises, I don't want to say wrong, but if we're doing mountain climbers and they're doing jumping jacks because that's what they wanted to do, if that's what they want to get out of it, that's what they want to get out of it. I'm only going to fight them so much. It's like when you're at your house if you're married. You're going to draw a line in the sand where you want to die. You pick your battles. You lose some of the small battles to win the big ones, and that's how I look at coaching in general. Um, In my coaching philosophy, when we do our group stuff, everything is scalable, progression, regression based. So like levels one through five. Level one, my grandma can do. Level five is for the crazy Ironman who wants to do heavy loading and plyometric nonsense, and, and that's what they can do. So we give people the keys to the car, we coach them effectively, but we let them ultimately drive the car as fast as they want, within reason. We're the governor on the car. But again, they're adults, they make their own choices. And that's how we do all of our one-on-one stuff, the same for our group stuff. Now obviously if it's one-on-one, it's, it's, it's geared just towards them and who they are and what they wanna do. But in the group, we go off the big movements. You know, every workout's kinda of based off a push, a pull, hip dominant, quad dominant, trunk, and a total body. And we get these guys moving through space, doing compound movements, not wasting their time. Most people don't have an hour a day to train. Most people don't need to. So we try to squeeze in about 30 to 32, three minutes, give or take. We try to really get these guys moving and, and pushing themselves. Um, and I believe that. And that's, I would do the same thing with one-on-one, whether it be a big group or not. I believe they're both one and the same. Um, I think the group stuff is more fun. I think people build a sense of community and environment. They push themselves. The energy is a little bit better. I think it's great. But there's also a place for one-on-one or groups of two or three and four as well. And I believe this is the last question on the list for the night. Bone broth. What do you think about it? What are the benefits of bone broth? Do I drink it? I do. Uh, I'm a fan of bone broth. I typically will buy the, what do we do, Pacific Farms here, the organic version. Um, The guys at Kettle and Fire make one too. Theirs is really expensive, uh, but it tastes good though. Um, Kind of the caveat, right? Um, Bone broth is amazing. Um, I usually will do, however it comes, theirs is sometimes salted or unsalted. So if it's not salted, I'll put in like a little... uh, Himalayan uh, pink salt, and I will grind that up and put that in there to give it a little bit of flavor. I put it in the microwave and I drink it. I am a fan of bone broth. I think it's great for, uh, again, I like pho too. So if I go to like Toddy's Asian Infusion restaurant down the street here in the strip mall, shout out to Toddy's. Um, they'll do like a pho and it's great. So obviously, you know, the broth they're putting in there. I, I, I'm a fan of broth in general. Um, bone broth is great, you guys, the benefits of it. Um, super nutritious. Um, it's, it's rich in nutrients. I think when you guys look at all the stuff, it can probably help protect the joints if you really dig down into it. Bone broth is a source of gelatin, uh, which can kind of break down into collagen in the body, can help fight um, uh, arthritis, I think. Um, helps with inflammation for sure, can help heal the gut. That's typically when I take it. Can help with aid in sleep. There's a million benefits, but the biggest thing I do is for reduced inflammation and to help heal the gut. I'm a huge fan of gut health. When you look at all the stuff now in the studies, about how much our gut controls the bacteria in it and how much it controls our brain and our body and our health and our immune system, more importantly, I think it's crucial. If you guys drink bone broth every single day, I think it's great. Probably the two things I drink every day, um, athletic greens, and I probably drink bone broth about 90% of the days. Obviously, when I travel, sometimes it's hard to get your hands on some legit bone broth, but athletic greens and bone broth are probably my two go-tos 
And then if I need like a higher density probiotic, I will as well. But I do think bone broth is great. You guys should do it. If you can try to get the organic version, um, and that's what I would say. So I do believe in it, I think it's amazing. I think if you look uh, even deeper into it, it can probably help you guys. Obviously, if, if it's gonna help you know, the gut, it's gonna help the immune system, it's gonna help against common colds and normal shit like that. So in terms of a health supplement, I am a huge fan of it. I would tell you guys, invest in bone broth, drink it every single day, nothing wrong with it whatsoever. So that, I believe, let me take a look, is all the questions we had from you guys the other day on the podcast. I appreciate you guys, these are great. Hopefully I provided a lot of value for you and didn't get too lost. Uh, in my shuffle of what I was talking about. Everything else here, yep, we're golden. So, any other questions you guys have for me, um, please hit me up, shoot me a DM, I'm happy to record them. We got a lot of other stuff coming on the pipe. I'm gonna do one on gut health here uh, pretty soon, specifically with my girl Kim Mays, who helped me write our cookbook. She had a great post on uh, the benefits of uh, gut health and how you can, can improve yours and be a healthier person. So I'm gonna share that with you guys maybe, uh, maybe tomorrow or the next day. But if you guys are on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop me a five star. Leave a comment. I truly appreciate it. Tell your friends this is the greatest podcast that ever came out. And uh, it selfishly helps us a ton, move us up the, the, the podcast rankings, and it does a lot for us and our brand and our reach. And uh, I thank you guys. So if, if I've provided any value to you whatsoever, um, it really would mean the world to me if you would share this and review it and like it and send it to somebody else. Um, because it does help us. That can be your way of, of paying me back if you feel like you've extracted uh, a bunch of free, awesome information from me or if I'm entertaining whatsoever or gave you a couple of nuggets to eat better or train better or just to live a better, more badass life. So, uh, But again, if you guys want to hear something, shoot me a message. I will record it. And until next time, you guys, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.